0: So, without further ado, we're going to pray, and then um, if you have your Bibles, which people don't these days because they have them on electronics, you can either open your electronic or your Bible to Romans chapter uh, 12, and we're going to look at verses uh, 9 and 10. But before we do that, as stated, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this day which you've made. We thank you for the gift of life that you have given. Lord, you are the maker of every day. And so when we are around, when we are part of it, it is because you have decided that we ought to be part of it. Your word lets us know that it is you who determines the places and the times in which people will live. So this is not stated just to say something nice about you. Your word says that this is what you do. So thank you for allowing us to be here for such a time as this. May we represent you um, accurately, Lord. Uh, may we re- represent you consistently in uh, our lifestyle. May we present our bodies as living sacrifices um, that are holy and acceptable to you, Lord. Um, Father, we pray that you would use this uh, this time where um, I am speaking to your church and maybe to others. Lord, I pray that you would please increase and that I would decrease. I pray that you please would uh, speak through me. I pray that you will make yourself known, that you will be glorified, and that we would grow in the in the grace and in the knowledge of our Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, Father, we ask you these things in His name, in Jesus' name, and we thank you. Amen. Amen. Before we read Romans twelve nine and ten, um, we should take note of just Romans 12, the way it starts off. Because the way that it begins, it is a, a an obvious shift from what Paul has been doing in the book. As you know, we've been going through the book for about four, five, six, seven, eight years now. And... Uh, <laughs> We, we finally get to like 12. And I say finally because chapter 12 is where the practicalities of everything that's been heard from chapter 1 to, through chapter 11 is now like, okay, now here's what you do in light of all that you've heard. Right? So chapter 1 starts off with the word therefore, which we know is a connecting word. It connects what's coming with what's already happened. Right? So because of what's, what's been stated, now you're going to do What comes after this? So it starts off, as we know, very familiar passage of scripture. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So we're called as believers, in light of what we've heard and in light of the mercies that were highlighted in chapter 11, we're, we're called to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. It, it is our bodies, our, our lifestyle is supposed to be one of offering it to the Lord, as we sang this morning. So those aren't just pretty songs to sing. Those are, should be concrete paradigms in our minds to live for God, to present my body to him as a living sacrifice and that that's going to look different from what the world looks like. So what follows next is uh, verses uh, three through eight. We saw that, you know what, we are, we have many different gifts. We don't just receive the gift of salvation, but we have particular gifts that Chris has their particular gifts that Michaela has there are particular gifts that 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 Matthew has their particular gifts that we all have yet because we're part of a body those gifts are unified under Christ and so we're not just someone that's just highly gifted but we're part of a body that's presenting itself as a whole to the Lord as a living sacrifice so we see in verses 1 through 8 that we're, we're, we're living in a particular way for a particular purpose, that is to glorify God. That is how we're supposed to live together. That's how we're supposed to behave together. Now we're going to talk more about not just the behavior and not particularly. It has some elements of behavior with it, but it's, we're about to talk about how we express a particular mindset and paradigm that we need to embrace in order to reflect the Lord accurately. So we're going to talk about how we should be a culture of love, holiness, and honor. And love is the first of those. It says in Romans 12:9. Let love excuse me let love be without hypocrisy detest evil cling to what is good love one another deeply as brothers and sisters take the lead in honoring one another love is tremendously important to believers Now, if you're not a believer, it may not be particularly important to you. It doesn't have to be. You may love the people who love you. Everybody does that. But believers are supposed to love each other who most of us didn't come from the same mother. Right, Right. but we're supposed to love each other. Sometimes we can make it hard on each other to love each other, but we're supposed to love each other. And we're supposed to have an element of love for the world. But right now, Paul is talking about together, us as a body. And so love is tremendously important. The greatest commandment is what? To love the Lord our God with everything. The second one is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus, before he left in John um, chapter 13, verse 34, when he had washed their feet, he said, I give you a new command, love one another. First John goes very hard when it talks about love, and I I I, cannot, I would just if you have an issue with love, is we, if you hear some things that let you know you need to grow in love, man, read First John. I, I'm gonna say this off the break. Read First John, the whole thing. It's only five chapters, so you can read that. You know, probably as you eat dinner, eat breakfast. I mean, it's yeah, it's not it's not that long, man. A cup of coffee, you you good. And also one 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 thing that's been very helpful for me in helping me and you'll hear why i need to read this consistently um but uh first corinthians chapter 13 verses 4 through 7a those that in evaluating like what your love whether or not your love looks like what the lord calls you to is going to be critical if you have any issues with expressing your love First John 4, 20 says this, if anyone says I love God and yet hates his brother or sister, he is a liar, meaning he does not even love God. Amen. He or she can say what they want to say, but if they do not love their brother or sister, they are a liar if they also say I love God. For the person who does not love his brother or sister whom he Has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. Look at the practicality of that. How can you love someone you have never seen? How can you think you love someone you've never seen, never met physically, and not love the people who represent him in physical form? Those don't match. So the importance of love is that, you know what? If we say we love God, but hate our brothers and sisters, we lie. We lie. Because you know what? It doesn't even make common sense that you can't love somebody that you see. But you're going to say you love somebody that you cannot see. I told you John goes hard in First John. In, in, in chapter 4, Earlier uh, in in, in verse um, seven, he says, dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God. So you see the correlation. It's like, yes, the reason we can love if we are, if we are with the Lord is because love comes from God. It is not something that we have to gin up, but the spirit of God positions us to love because God gives us love. And then the last half of the verse says, for everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. So love for the believer is crucial. It's critical. It's a non-negotiable. But yet, unfortunately, love spoken verbally does not always look the way it should externally in the way we behave. So to believers, this Romans is not written to unbelievers. To believers, Paul starts off verse 9 by saying, let love be, so let it be among us, but let's make sure that it is among us without hypocrisy. Let us make sure that we love without hypocrisy. So, I mean, I may be stating the obvious to some people, but I'll just state it anyway, for anyone who it may not be obvious to. Love is a profound, tender, passionate affection for another person, it, or it's a warm feeling of personal attachment or deep affection. Hypocrisy is a pretense of having virtuous character, moral or religious beliefs or principles that one does not really possess. So it's the pretense without the reality. But Paul is saying to unbel- to, excuse me, to believers, let love be without hypocrisy. So that, brothers and sisters, there are ways that we can be hypocritical in our love. There are ways that we can be street smart about expressing love or being nice to people, which is, you know, some of the ramification of love without actually having any feeling of warmth or personal attachment. The verses that preceded verse 9 let us know that we are attached through Christ. We are part of a body. And this being connected if it's for, for, for people who, who, who are, are married. And this could apply to, well, I'll just keep it to marriage because that's what scripture uses. But scripture says that two become one. So usually the two don't become one like when they first come out the womb. Um, that might make things a lot easier. <laughs> but two become one after they've been around for a little while after they've developed their own habits, their own outlook, their own culture of their family. Their, I came from, I, I am a Dixon. There is a particular culture that the Dixons have. My wife comes from the McClams, and there is a particular culture that the McClams have. At some point in time, Mike and Karen met each other at the playground? No, we didn't. We weren't at the playground, but but we but, but we were we, but, but we were pretty young, so we met each other, and only God knew that eventually we would be married. But anyway, that's what He had for us. So eventually, we get married. Now, the fact that I, I, I'm a Dixon and she's a McClam, born, born we were born that doesn't change because we got married. There's still cultural things like eating rice every day that the clams do that the Dixons didn't do. <laughs> but you know what? Now I eat rice practically every day. <laughs> because we're, we're one. Now, did it take some time for me to accept the fact that I was eating rice almost every day? Yes, it did. What a the mashed potatoes, man. <laughs> <laughs> can we just have mashed potatoes like once a month please like can we can we compromise here a little bit right right <laughs> but that's not what the McClams do and unless this Dixon wants to cook the mashed potatoes he gonna have to be alright with them with that rice so now I can eat rice and I can tell like you know what, there are different kinds of rice, man. <laughs> like this rice right here, oh, this is the sticky rice. Okay, all right, all right. Oh, this is the basumati rice? Okay, yeah. That, that, okay. And this is that It's just like, did I ever, was it ever my goal in life to be able to distinguish between different <laughs> rices? No. But because we're one, it's like my brother, the Lord knew. It's probably his father's ego. Yeah. <laughs> And so I, I I did it because we're one. Was it smooth? I mean, it was smoother than a lot of other things. And I'm sure Karen would say a lot. Thank God, none of those things are coming to mind, um, because I'm really trying to get over the rice. No, no. <laughs> but 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 we're 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 one. And what and what allows for. Something as, to what, what what, <laughs> becoming one is a process that takes some rubbing of some of the Dixon edges and the McClam edges to become the Michael Dixon, Michael and Karen Dixon culture, right? Our culture, the one culture. Mm-hmm. And the, one, the overarching thing that allows that to happen, though, is love. See, if you've, ever, if you've ever been in any kind of relationship, you know that once you see something you don't like about people, there is an ability to fixate on that thing you don't like about them. Yeah. And for that one thing that could be like a grain of rice <laughs> to become like some mashed potatoes. <laughs> with gravy and butter, no, excuse me. Uh, And just expand it to something that it was never meant to be. Is is Karen perfect? Yes. Yes. (laughs) I've been married for 31 years. That's part of that, the two becoming one, like, yes. Perfect for me. But does she do stuff that I don't like sometimes? That happens. Mm-hmm. What? Yes, I know, I know. Hey man, she's not Jesus. I mean, like, do I do things she doesn't like? I do. Oh, everybody knew that, huh? It's okay though, it's all right. It's, it's cool, it's good, it's all right. We good, we good, I understand. You can tell, right? You can just tell. So yes, but what allows for love not to be hypocritical? Well, first of all, it's the love, and it's, and it's an overarching commitment to be what the Lord has called us to be, and that's to make sure that there's some, some genuineness to the love, and to sow in that direction, or plant in that direction, build in that direction. So yes, there are gonna be imperfections that is like, oh, I don't like this, I don't like that. Sure, I mean, okay, human beings, there's always gonna be something. You might not like the fact that I have a hoodie on today, Sorry. Um, Hopefully you love me enough to overlook that. Like that's a small thing, right? But if you, but if, but if you had something against me, you'd probably be like, man, what are you doing wearing that hoodie today? (laughs) He knew he, did he just find out he was preaching? (laughs) No, I didn't, just find out I was preaching because Pastor Kurt and his family are on a, a family, uh, a week-long vacation. Somebody blessed them with the timeshare getaway. So, man, it, re- you remember them, pray that they continue to have a wonderful time, a wonderful time there. So he knew it was coming, so yes, I knew. So I just decided to wear my hoodie because I knew we would talk about metamorphosis a little bit, and this is my metamorphosis hoodie. So um, so, so anyway, um, but, but what allows us not to fixate on each other's weaknesses Mm -hmm. and faults because we're going to see him as part of a body. We'll see him love does. But if it's if it's with hypocrisy, we'll say nice stuff about each other around certain people and then backbite on each other Mm -hmm. with certain people Mm we will highlight. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I saw that. You saw that too? Okay. Yeah, man, when, when he did this and when he did, like, that's just, that's just how it is. So love without hypocrisy means that, that we're always, that there's never a pretense. And if there is an offense, Scripture tells us how to deal with those also, right? Mm-hmm. It's when we don't do what Scripture says that the offense goes from a grain of rice to the mashed potatoes. It's then. But if we handle our offenses correctly, not only if we're married, not only if we're close friends, but even if we are friends that are not as close as others. And the process for communicating with one another when things come up, is to do just that first communicate with one another, right, not with someone else right right right, right. and I, I just I just I just I just need to say I, if you if you if you if you <laughs> if you come to me and you say, people are saying oh, no. Don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh, because people do that. Don't laugh at people. Like, in love or don't. I mean, that's not hypocrisy right there. That's the genuineness. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> if you're on camera, like somebody laughed. But yeah, but people people can come and say, you know, this, that, or the other. What, what, what am I to do? This is what I do. If someone comes to me and says, you know what, Pastor Mike, um, Billy Joel, because he don't go to this church. <laughs> Billy Joel <was> XYZ XYZ, O <laughs> I'm not going to handle that for the person who came to me. All right. All right. Biblically, that is not my responsibility. And then I would even say, like, you know what? It would be irresponsible as one who's supposed to be a leader mm-hmm. to handle that for you because... Scripture lets me know that you're supposed to go to that person. Yeah. It lets all of us know that I, if I have an offense or if someone has sinned against me, I go to that person. And I let them know either how something landed on me so that they can, they can know because all, all offense isn't because of sin. Some of it can be like the Dixon culture the McLam culture and you're filling your name culture. So so they can be misunderstandings. But if we know we love each other, then we should know that we love each other enough so that if I come to this person, I know this person doesn't want to... They're not trying to offend me. That is not their goal in life. They're not trying. They're not trying to. Do- so they may want to be aware that uh, you know maybe even though the person who's presenting may not say it this way, um, but I may be sensitive in some areas. And if I am, man, that's just me, and I'm part of this body. So hey, you know, here, here's that. Now, if it's sin, obviously we have to go. If it's an offense, you can overlook. But if you find, I find sometimes. And y'all could tell this. I'm sorry. This was really bothering me. I couldn't find what that was. So, Um, so, so you guys could look at me and tell that I'm not that that I'm not perfect towards Cameron. But one of the ways that that I'm not perfect is that I may try to overlook an offense. And I think I've said this before. Okay, I might try to overlook, like, oh man, that wasn't sin. I just don't like it, or whatever. Only to learn that my effort to overlook didn't really happen and I learned it because something similar would happen and not only would I, the level of, of offense would be such that it's like it doesn't even make sense to me. I'm like well, what do you like like that for? Well it's obvious that you didn't overlook the last time and so this is just accumulating rather than, okay, this happened again, and I need to remind. No, so, so that's one, one way, oh, this happened again, I need to remind, or, man, why she always do that? I mean, I'm a little older now to do that, right? But, um, but in my mind, the, what, 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 what equates to that could be happening in my mind, like, man, she don't care about me, man. Why she do that again? Well, that happens because I haven't overlooked. So I found that it's better for me to just go and have a conversation. You might be more mature than me, and I'm not saying this as facetiously. You may just be more mature than me and that, and you may be able to overlook. But if you find that you aren't, then you need to communicate, right. right? So you go to the person, um, you share what you have to share, and then, you know what, if there's some, if there's a just like, I don't see, like scripture tells us what to do, like if people don't listen to, or if, they, if it's just like whatever, you know, it's like, you can involve other people, like there's no problem with that. The problem is when we involve other people before talking to the person. Right. That's the problem, but involving other people, a third part, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. So, so in order to ensure that our love is without hypocrisy, we have to communicate. We have to speak with one another. We have to be, able, we have to be willing to listen to one another. So it's not just speaking. It's, we, this is a culture. So the culture means that we're able to, to, to withstand um, the, the, the elements of the culture. So it's not just that someone has to speak, it's also that others of us have to listen. And I think sometimes when people don't speak because it's hard for others to listen mm-hmm. without getting offended, without, without just taking it, just without canceling you, without like, no, let that not be here. We can't get away from the responsibility to love each other. We've already seen that. John says we, we can't. We cannot get away from that responsibility. So we can't Cancel each other. Canceling each other is love with hypocrisy. Yeah. Love with hypocrisy. We want our love to be genuine. If we have an, if we have something on our chest about something someone did, we can talk to them. If it's not sin, they don't have to ask for forgiveness, and they they don't necessarily have to change. Hopefully just out of being loving toward you, maybe they'll change towards you. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yes, there's there 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 may be certain things that I might share with closer friends that I wouldn't share with every single person. That's okay. Right. There may be ways of talking when I'm off that I that, that I won't ever say across the pulpit. and it's not cussing or nothing like that. But but it but it's but there might be certain ways that I might talk. Um, that was, that are just different. So not every offense is is you know, warrants a person like, changing their whole you know lifestyle because you know because it might because I might not like it. I try not to throw my clothes on the floor because my wife doesn't like it. There's nothing inherently that's not it doesn't say thou should not throw your clothes on the floor right. But but you know. <laughs> but let us love without hypocrisy so love is so important that he's going to speak about it again in verse 10 but the rest of the verse says so there's a period behind hypocrisy the rest of the verse says detest evil cling to what is good hmm Do you detest evil? I'm asking that because I had to ask myself, do I detest evil? What does it mean to detest evil? Does it mean that I, anytime I see somebody doing something I think is evil, I just like express my detestation? does it mean that I take any measures available to me to when I say any measures I'm talking about every single measure even evil measures to stop them from doing evil and thinking about this I think that the, the next part to test evil Cling to what is good is more of, <coughs> excuse me, an individual detestation of evil within yourself and evil within your body. Your body meaning the, the church body. So to um, detest is to feel abhorrence of, hate, or intense dislike. The reason I had to ask myself the question about detesting the evil wasn't only because of of <laughs> of what some people, even in the name of God, do when they think things are evil. One only needs to go to Twitter and see like how people respond to each other, and you think about the word, the verse, the, you know, the part of the verse that says that we're the love, and it's like, man, this I can't. These people, Christians, but I can't see the love at all right now. They're so. Jacked up against this which they think is evil. It's easy to judge them. It's harder to judge myself. Mm -hmm. It's it's harder to. It's harder for me to. Affirm. That I detest evil. Because for me. It can be easy. To look at evil as off of the stage. Not that y'all evil, I'm just saying right here. all right right here. And say, okay, that's evil right there. And you know, again, if we use the how I was raised and all that stuff, okay, the Michael Dixon definition of evil is whatever it is, but if God's definition is off the stage, right here. There there are issues in which like the, the, the clinging to good and well, let's not go there first, but the detesting of evil doesn't match God's definition. My definition of detesting that. So, my definition of detesting it would be like, uh, I'm sorry, my my definition of detesting it might be like, I'm going to be right here. But that's not detesting. Right? Detesting is to feel abhorrence. I don't know what what you think about when you hear about abhorrence, but like, I kid you not, one time I went in a shopper's and I went to a certain section and it smelled like somebody had left a baby's diaper, like right there. I know, yes, mm, that person said if you're on the camera, if you're watching us that way. So I detested that smell. So I left completely that entire area of the shop. I may have even left the shoppers because it was like it was baffling because that smell is not supposed to be in that place. Right. That, right that, 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 no, that doesn't match. Not like the, the way I no, nothing that's not supposed to be there. So. So my response wasn't to be like, oh, yeah, man, let's see how long I can take this smell. No, my, my, <laughs> my, my response was, man, let me get out of here, man. I, I do not. Why is that smelling here? Where's the money? Manage- man, y'all need to take I didn't do that. I just left. But that's what I should have done. Like, somebody needs to take care of that. See, I can find that I'm, instead of rolling out, I'm rolling up. All right, man. I ain't stepped down. I'm good. I'm not doing anything evil. Man, that's not that evil. This is what happens when you stay there. That's not that evil. You know what, man? There's some satisfaction in that. There's some, man. All right, man, hold on. I'm tripping right now. Man, they don't take all that, man. Man, I ain't hurt nobody, man. Man, I'ma just nah man, don't do it. <laughs> and he laughing cause you know Eventually, yep. he's going to step off the stage. Right. Mm-hmm. right? You know that. Because why? He didn't detest evil. Yeah. He didn't, don't, let, let us not like, let us not think we are, man, we're not Superman as it relates to, to sin. No. Now, God gives us the ability to like walk away. He gives us the ability to, but, but you, part of the, what I called last week, delegated autonomy is we have a responsibility to embrace what he gives us. So all of that, him and horn I mean, I had a, you know, the person had a lot of time before he stepped off the stage into evil, right? Now, it doesn't always seem that way, but I want, I want, to, I want to show you something that I, I hope is helpful. I hope, Lord, may it be helpful. This was something I read in Ezekiel uh, chapter 14. And, and the setting is that people were doing everything they wanted to do And they were still coming to God and they're like, hey, Lord, what's the word? What's the word for for me? Like, give me, I need, I need a word from the Lord. And so the Lord is saying here that he's not, he has something against people who will do that, who will live any kind of way and then come to him like he owes them explanation and whatnot. So he says um, to Ezekiel, he says, son of man, these men have set up idols in their hearts And so we understand idols in our heart, but this is the part that, that this is the part that got me and have put their sinful stumbling blocks in front of themselves. In front of themselves. So you're saying that if this is a stumbling block, I'm just basically saying, you know what? I'm going to put this joint right here. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna do that because that's like the edge of the... But I'm gonna put it right here. It'll be all right, I'm I'm not gonna embrace it. I'm not gonna embrace it, but I'm gonna just say it's just gonna be right there. But I'm not gonna embrace it. And if that one was another one and I put it right here, and if I decided the stool was another one and I put it in front of the podium, or I remove the podium and put it there, then I have surrounded myself with stumbling blocks for myself. Not the devil, even though he's capable of doing that, not not, not his minions, even though they're capable as well. The Lord isn't talking like that to Ezekiel. He's saying that these men have set up idols in their hearts and have put stumbling blocks in front of themselves. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, we put stumbling blocks in front of ourselves. It's not the enemy doing it. It's us. We don't detest evil enough. Mm-hmm. And so we make allowance for it by saying, ah, I'm not going to do it, but I'll put it right here. Right, right. I'm not, I'm, I, I just won't go. So instead of saying, you know what, I'm a fast from, from technology, it's like, you know what, I just won't go to this site or that site or I won't use this app. Mm-hmm. Or it's whatever you fill it you fill in the blank. But it's not a detestation. It's not the way God sees it. right? In his word in the New Testament, Paul told the Corinthians that a small or a little bit of leaven, which is like yeast, it leavens the whole batch. And so if we thought like that as it related to our sin, there might be things that are not sin but our stumbling blocks that we will remove from our path. And that's what it looks like to cling to good. To cling to good looks like anything that's going to draw me to the edge to step down, I'm not even messing with it. I'm not messing with it. Because I'm going to cling to evil. Excuse me, I'm not gonna cling to evil. God dog it. We're gonna cling to what is good. We're going to detest evil evil and cling cling like in the movies man (laughs) oh I won't let you fall they're clinging right they're clinging if you saw what Endgame I think it was Black Widow anyway there was a clinging right but eventually he, he couldn't hold her up and she falls. So I'm assuming most people have seen game. If, if not, no Okay. So some people don't like Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> but to cling, that 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 gives a picture of like with all your might, everything you got. I'm not falling. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm staying. So we're supposed to love with, with without hypocrisy. We're supposed to detest what is evil and cling to what is good. And clinging to what is good and detesting evil that starts with us as individuals. And hopefully we have the culture that allows and affirms that that. Uh, characteristic as a part of what, of of who we are as a body. Now, lastly, we're supposed to love brothers and sisters deeply. Well, this is the last, but this is close to last. (laughs) Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. And we've already spoken um, about love. A bit, so we won't belabor the, the point. But, um, but I will ask a few questions. Uh, you know, and, and one of the questions is, wh- what is your love level for uh, your brothers and sisters in Christ? Mm-hmm. Level, your love level. Yeah, like you know, if I were to say, man, on a scale of one to ten, ten being the strongest, one being the lowest, is yours a three? Is it a five? Is it a seven? What is it? And whatever it is in your own mind, is that what you believe, is that the level that you believe God wants you at? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If it's not, I would say, hey, do like me. That 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through like 7a, not only, not only uh, uh, read that, but I would also say the book on bitterness that we went through, in the back there is an appendix, uh, an appendix in which you can just like, he gives like, like wise advice in terms of like making sure your love looks the way it's supposed to look. Because this is how my love can look. So, so part of my love is, is to protect. So that's, that's what I do. I protect. So, if some, but if somebody does something that doesn't allow me to protect them, then I've, I've, I've studied myself and seen like, hmm, man, I really like get offended because I think like, hey, I'm just trying to show my love by protection. So, like, listen to me. And if you don't, then man, you just wanna, you just want, you know, harm to come to you. I remember Karen and I were having a conversation, and I, I don't remember the, the the back and forth. But as we deconstructed it, and I told her what was going on in my mind, her statement, and I may have shared this before because it was so like enlightening to me. She was like, you know what? Man, you know what, when you explain that, that sounds very loving. She was like, but my experience of you when it was unfolding was not loving at all. And it was like, oh, oh, oh man, thank you. God, oh, oh help me Lord that's how it is sometimes it's like man it might hurt but like it might be thank you that I needed that do others feel the love from you or do they feel something else from you is your love loving (laughs) or is it something else my love has been something else but that, that, that statement that was stated years ago, obviously is something that has stuck with me because I realized that, you know what? Man, I can make my love about me and not the Lord. I mean, the Lord's love is always loving, you can tell. What's your experience? One, one, one of the things I love to happen it's to see one of you or some of you, you know, just like that, that, that experience with the, the diaper smell in Shoppers, the opposite effect happens when I see one of our members, like, just surprisingly. It's like, you know, whereas I wanna get out of the place in Shoppers, with the members is like, oh man, what you doing over here? Oh man, it's so good to see you. Oh, you know, so, okay, yeah. It, it's, it's like a family reunion. You know, and it, because why, why is that? Well, it's because I do have love. And usually I can't think of a time when it didn't happen. It was, it was reciprocated. They were just as happy to see me as I was to see them because who was expecting to see one of my brothers or sisters out here. But yet that's what's happened. How do you feel about God's people? How do you feel? See, we there there there's a few couples that are going through a book called "The Meaning of Marriage" with us, and um, during our last meeting, one of the one of the uh, things that one of the things we did was we just went around and we told each other what encouraged us about our spouse. Now that should be very easy if you're not married. Let me just tell you, sometimes that can be hard. Mm -hmm. Because people tend to fixate more, again, as mentioned earlier, on the faults and the weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And so after we finished that exercise, people were saying, hey, thank you so much for asking that question. Why? Because all of the encouraging stuff wasn't what was at the forefront of the mind. Mm -hmm. It may not have been bad things, but it was like, you know what, I hadn't thought, you know, now that I am task to think about this it's like when somebody if you ask me how I'm doing it's like man I'm not walking around thinking like how am I doing right now yeah I'm doing good right now How I'm doing right now well I'm just discouraged right now I I don't go around thinking that so if you say how are you doing because I want to give you the correct answer I'm gonna be like let me think about that for a moment so by taking the time to think about it and articulate what encouraged us about our spouse it had a transforming effect on just people's outlook in the moment now that's just one moment, but I think what, what, what that shows me is that we need to be having encouraging thoughts about each other at the forefront of our minds, not just in marriage, but as brothers and sisters in the Lord. We need to be able to give each other the benefit of the doubt. Why? Because we love each other, but we don't just love each other. We love each other deeply as brothers and sisters. In the Lord, because I don't know what your brothers, your relationship with your (laughs) brothers and sisters are like. So we'll just say in the Lord, we'll add that. (laughs) But we need to, the way that we can love each other deeply is to, as Philippians talks about, Philippians 4, 8, to think on the positive things about different people in the church, people in our D group, people who we just met. Just what are the things that we can affirm about them because we love them deeply. And we want that love to be love. We want it to come out in a way that communicates, man, sis, I love you with the love of the Lord. And if we do that, then it will make it easy to do the last thing uh, that's, uh, that we're told to do here. It's, and that is to take the lead in honoring one another. So it's not just wait for somebody or wait till a worthy of honor Sunday, but it is, it is to express. A lot of times, you know, we have this phrase and everyone's heard it like we want to give people their flowers while they can smell them. Right. Like it's easy to think about all of the good stuff like after you have no recourse in terms of communicating for them, hearing it from you. Mm-hmm. Well, instead of falling into the category where we haven't done that, let's lean forward and take the lead in honoring one another. Let, may that be one of the things that people notice. about. When people come to Solid Rock Church, one of the things they notice off the break is diversity. Diversity, diversity. It's so, it's, that's what they, they notice. Another thing they notice is that people like to hang out at the church. Yes, yes, it's been that way for, for decades. Yes, it's been that way as far as I can tell from probably from the inception. I wasn't here then, but I didn't come too long after that. But it's like, okay, well, yeah, they hang out may another thing be that we take the lead in honoring one another that we always can say something positive something we appreciate about someone else and may we make it our our habit our, our lifestyle to say you know what i'm going to think about something positive about I don't think we have any Bills that go to the church anymore, but Bill. <laughs> or about Jerry. Or about uh, Sally. Like, I'm going to do that. And as a matter of fact, <clears throat> I would ask you, even if you're moving the tables, um, to find one or two people that you can take the lead in honoring today. This isn't a Worthy of Honor Sunday, but every Sunday we're together, and we should, we should hold this uh, as, as close now closer now than we ever have because of the past two years, uh, we should know more than ever that um, every Sunday is a Worthy of Honor Sunday, every last one of them, because we don't know. When anything will change and we never, we, none of us knows when we're leaving or when anyone else is leaving, um, so let's take advantage of the time that we have so our cult have to honor each other our culture is to be one where there's love without hypocrisy there's supposed to be one where we're detesting evil and we're clinging to that which is good, where we love one another deeply as brothers and sisters and we take the lead in honoring one another. We need to have a culture of love, holiness and honor, and if we do so, we will definitely please the Lord and benefit each other. Let's pray. Father, thank you uh, again for the opportunity to speak to your people. I pray that you, by your spirit, would apply um, apply as you see fit. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to apply as well. I pray that you would help us to have a culture of love Holiness and honor. Lord, I pray that you would use us for your glory in each other's lives and also within the context of the community in which you have placed us. I pray that you would um, continue to knit us together as brothers and sisters here at Solid Rock. I pray that you would do this for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.